Hey everybody, this is Beans, and it is disclaimer time! Bam and I are not sex experts, and our advice is for entertainment purposes only. If you have a serious health concern, we strongly urge you to consult a qualified physician. And, for obvious reasons, our Sex Talk podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Enjoy! Trying hard, but you wanna be my friend. Ain't no place to hide, ain't no one to run to. Here we go, here we go again. Call my bluff, I'ma be you till the end. I'm the one you ride, I'm the one you ride to. If you And she's Beans. And this is our Sex Talk podcast where we like to talk about sex. Love and it. we beg that you talk about sex with us. Because we're so lonely. <laughs> by emailing us at bamandbeans at gmail.com. Or you can also check us out on Twitter. Tweet at me. Tweet at Bam because she loves it. I love to be tweeted on. That sounds dirty. It is dirty. <laughs> So today we're going to um, we're going to have the talk. It's a very special talk for all of you underagers out there who are listening because we who said shouldn't you, be listening. Yeah, because we said you shouldn't. We, we specifically told you not to listen. It's bedtime. You didn't brush your teeth, and now you're listening to the sex pod talk. God, <laughs> damn it! <laughs> I'm sure one of them is named Steve. <laughs> Go to bed, Steve! Damn it! <laughs> Either way, um, I, I believe Bam and I really wanted to do a, uh, you know, the talk episode. I'm, I keep using air quotes and then remembering that we're doing a podcast and no one can see me doing the air quotes. But the talk! There's also an inflection on your voice, so I yes. think they understand that you're doing the air yes, quotes. Yes, whatever I... The talk. The talk. That's air quotes. <laughs> But um, we mostly wanted to uh, just kind of address the situation, um, talk about our experiences getting the talk, and what we expect to also put our um, future generations through when we have to administer the talk to them. Yeah. So um, it, it, it's really interesting. I think we both kind of realized today that we had similar experiences with the talk yeah when we were growing up we both had kind of like single moms my mom um I don't think she ever really needed to give me much of a talk yeah by the time I think by the time I was old enough to where she felt that it was necessary I already knew a lot about the subject and mostly because of you know friends and yeah I had an older sibling, and um, what 
Oh, they're they're pounding up there. Oh, well, they might be having the talk. I think they're past the talk. Maybe at this they're point. practicing. <laughs> I think they're very much past the talk at this point. Oh, my upstairs neighbors, they are a joy. I'm pretty sure they're throwing bowling balls at this very. I moment. told you. They it's love to do that. And then they like bowling in the middle of the day and for it's, no it's reason. And literally bowling. <laughs> it's not a euphemism. It's, an, it's crazy because it sounds like they're it sounds just like throwing they're dropping a bowling bombs, ball. Just like throwing all of their furniture Damn across it, the room. I told you that the 9 should be next to the 12. <laughs> it's 3.1415. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Clean all these up. <laughs> They're not in a good relationship from what we can understand. When you started talking numbers, I immediately just figured that they were both mathematicians. (laughs) I don't know why you would think that they have. Who like to bowl. (laughs) And also rearrange their furniture by throwing it across the room. (laughs) They're bodybuilding mathematicians, and they are not to be fucked with. (laughs) (laughs) But I digress. Back to the tiny little baby beans is talk yes the the big thing was um my my first exposure to sex was um when my parents split there was a while there where um my my father would take us on like every other weekend or so or whatever and he had immediately moved into the house of one of the females that he was uh scene mm-hmm. while he was with my mom and this one actually ended up being serious like later on he ends up marrying her and this and that and anyways they had a black box and to any 90s kid out there you know what that meant oh yeah free porn mm-hmm. <laughs> you got all the hbo and the cinemax and the playboy channel and all of that good stuff and so after everybody in the house would go to bed I didn't actually have a bedroom mm-hmm. because the spare bedroom was reserved for her grandkid, oh. which was like a couple of years younger than me. Yeah. So she got her own room. I had to sleep on the couch. And I think my brother slept, like they had another separate room that was kind of like a den and okay. my brother slept in there. And so when everybody would be in bed and go to sleep... I would turn the TV on really, really low volume. Usually it was on mute, but I wanted to hear what was going on. So I was just like really low volume. And uh, I would change it over to like HBO or the Spice Channel. The Spice Channel was huge. Oh my God. (laughs) And, you know, watch people doing it. Or my favorite was uh, Real Sex. It was like a show on HBO. Yeah. And it was like they would go up to people on the street and ask them questions about sex and shit. (laughs) And, uh... It was so 90s. And then they would have, like, little segments on different kind of sometimes educational values as far as sex goes. And that was, like, my earliest experience. And so I was already pretty, like, I thought that I was pretty sure what sex was and why it was and this and that. So the, the talk that I got was, you know, when it comes time that you feel you want to be active and... All that my mom ever cared in the world was that it was with someone that I loved or, you know, cared about me, this and that. She's like, because I know it's going to happen. She she didn't have any sort of, like, preconceived notion about me waiting until marriage. Yeah. And that, you know, I let her know and that I get on the pill and that, you know, I'm pr- protected. And that was basically it. Like, you know, she, we, I think that 
it was very important that my mom and I had a very open communication policy as it was. Yeah. She never made me feel like I couldn't ask her things. Like whenever I had questions about anything at all, she always did her best to, you know, explain it openly and honestly. She never had any sort of negative reactions yeah. to any anything that I would come to her about. And she was always very accepting about things. Like she always she always told us kids, because we would always ask, like, okay, well, you know, Mom, what if what if I were gay? This and that. And and she goes, well, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you love. I still love you. And I accept you for who you are. And it made coming to her when the time came that much easier. Yeah. And then also, like, coming out to her was, like, no problem. I also feel like... When I came out to my mom, it was kind of brushed off as no big deal because I never dated a girl. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay, yeah, sure, you're bisexual, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, really, I am, I swear, I love everybody. <laughs> that's that's basically it. Like, my my love for people, it's not limited Yeah. by what's in, in their pants. And I can find something extremely attractive about both males and females. So, yeah, mom, I'm bisexual. Oh, okay, cool. I love you. <laughs> okay, bye. So that, that was my experience, basically, with the talk. It was just my mom being super awesome and super open. And um, maybe not extremely detailed as far as, like, educationally and things like that. But I don't feel like I was deprived either. Yeah. Nowadays, people, they want to go over so much with their kids and you know we we're kind of like the generation of like the hover moms the hovercraft moms yeah. that always want to be over your shoulder and 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 influencing you and am I doing this right am mm-hmm. I influencing them right and am I talking to them the correct way let me let me google really quick it's unfortunate that we're so connected to the internet and we think the internet is going to give us that that like yes you're doing it right no don't do it like this yes you're doing it right no stop doing this and it's one of those things where dude raising a whole other human is trial and error in itself yeah. <laughs> like that's why you have two of them <laughs> i mean it's you okay have if your you control and then you have <laughs> and you have the experiment oh damn I, that means i was the experiment huh <laughs> i i was experiment number two so <laughs> how do you think my little brother feels oh my god <laughs> Well, I think what I kind of wanted people to get from my experience and to get from that is that when you are considering having the talk with your kids, don't think that you're going to be doing it wrong. Yeah. And don't feel like you're not giving them enough information or too much information because there isn't just one, you know, foolproof way to do it. Yeah. And as long as you as long as you have an open line of communication, as with any relationship, it's extremely important that you have an open line of communication with your kids. They should be able to come to you with anything. They shouldn't feel ashamed or afraid to do so. Yeah. Then, you know, there's, it's going to go off without a hitch, whatever you decide to tell them. Pretty much. You know, if you're one of those people who preach abstinence only, I'm not quite sure why you're listening to this podcast, but uh, <laughs> welcome. Hello. No discrimination here. But um, oh, either way... <laughs> They're going to find out. Yeah. They're, they're going to, if not from you, then from someone else, from, from you know, friends, little from Jimmy school. or Johnny or Celia, 
at school. Steve, who should be sleeping right now. <laughs> little Sarah, who keeps lifting her skirt up behind the bushes. Like, it happens. And what you make of those situations really is what counts. Yeah. Just keeping it open and honest and positive. Yes. Then you can't go wrong. I would definitely, uh, definitely agree with that mm-hmm. one. Positivity. That's yeah. what helps your child grow. I think that's that's it. That's definitely it. I had a very positive upbringing um, as did I. on my mom's part. You know, as as shitty as our lives seemed sometimes, you know, as hopeless as it all seemed, I'm sure on her part, like, she still kept the positivity up and, she, you know, motivated us to, to do our best and to be our best, no matter what the circumstances were. Yeah, good mom you got. Yes. What about you, man? Oh my god, so my mom. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I, I think it's not it's not very fair. Like, you had your mom, but then you also had your older sister, which was like mom number two. Yeah. So I didn't, growing up, I didn't have a dad. I mean, I did for a little bit, but then he was like, bye, I'm going to go and get eggs and cigarettes. And apparently he is genetically altering eggs. <laughs> genetically altering tobacco because he's he's, he's gone around searching he, for that latest carton he is just on the verge of a breakthrough <laughs> and then he'll be home i swear guys he's researching the the cigarettes that won't give you lung cancer but about 17 years later <laughs> here i am sitting in a closet talking about sex with my best friend so <laughs> he missed out on a lot yeah um, so it is his loss, really. Yeah, so I would say, like, my upbringing, I had my mom, and my mom was the very same way. Like, my, in all definitions of a fucking hippie mom, that's who she was. She was all about, you know, trying to, trying to promote peace and love and talking to everybody. And, you know, you can talk about your feelings because that's okay. Feelings are okay. Everybody has them. And then my sister is like, don't do that. Stop touching this shit. <laughs> what are you doing right now? Why are you walking in the middle of the road? What are you doing? (laughs) I was happy to have that firmness in my life also. Something that I'm not going to say I was lacking, but something that a little girl growing up does need. So for the talk, the talk, I mean, my mom didn't really give it. She didn't have to. Yeah. Um, What she did give was pretty much the same thing as your mom did was, you know, I know you're going to have sex. This is what your body's going to go through. After that, talk to me about it. I would much rather you come to me and you go and you, you know, get birth control and everything like that. One thing that my mom did tell me is how difficult it was raising a kid as a teenager. She got pregnant at 18, had, you know, her first kid at 19, and shit you not, that's her golden child. Fucking love her to death. (laughs) Like Your sister is an amazing human being. My sister is an amazing human being. If you're listening, you're one of my top five. I know I've told you this. You but I love you. I'm not even trying to go for gold. You can take it every year. That's fine. <laughs> I'm good with silver. <laughs> Bam's not even in my top five, but you are. Dude, I ain't got to be in the top five. Because <laughs> now that's competing for gold. <laughs> See how that works? Beans. I like to sit back and just hope things go good. <laughs> no, honestly, your sister reminds me of, like, a modern-day superhero. Oh, yeah. Like, I just, she's done so much, and she's accomplished so much in her lifetime already, and she's, like, not even that much older than us. She's 33. Oh, my God. She'll be 34 this month. Just just an amazing, awesome role model, and, like, you're super lucky to have her. I was, and honestly, growing up with her, like, 
She, okay, so my sister and I shared a bedroom for a very majority of my life because mm-hmm. um, my mom was working her ass off to have the means to give all of us our own rooms, but having two girls and two boys, it kind of worked out that way where we could just split rooms. And I remember finding my sister's condoms and her going, oh my God, what are you doing with those? And I was like, I don't know, what are these? And she's like, oh, you don't know what those are? And I was like, no. And she's like, oh, well, when you're old enough, I'll tell you what they are. She's like, and also don't have sex. And I was like, what's sex? And she's like, exactly. <laughs> and that was like as much of a talk as I got so far as in like, okay, well, I'm not young or I'm not old enough to know what these are. So whatever she is talking about, I should not know about it yet. I'm too young. I should just be a kid. Totally cool. <laughs> I knew what sex was at that point in time. <laughs> I didn't want to ruin her idea of me being a small, innocent child. Everybody thought I was, like, cute and innocent. (laughs) Slowly taking over the world. Boy, if only they knew. Dude, I used to wake up a half an hour early before school started to uh, put my forehead on the faucet while I was running hot water. Oh, man. And then I would take um, a hot towel and put it behind my neck because I knew my mom didn't just check my forehead, she checked the back of my neck. So my whole face would be burning up. She's like, oh, okay, you can stay home today. You know what I would do? I had a hot pad and I would I would turn it on like full, full steam, like full heat. And I would cover my head over, like under the blankets yeah. and put the hot pad on. And I would just like breathe into my blankets because that would make me look flush. Yeah. Like, my my mom would come in and check on me, and my, like, cheeks would be red, and my face would be burning up, and she'd be like, oh, you're really sick. I I can't make you go to school today. <laughs> We're terrible kids. We were the best kids. <laughs> but, yeah, so the talk. Yeah, the talk. Also, I just recently was reminded that I gave my little brother the talk. <laughs> oh, my God, so you already have experience giving the talk. Yeah. So let's hear it. Let's hear what, um, mm-hmm. how old was, how old were you when I, you gave your little brother the talk? I gave my little brother the talk? Yeah. I was 19. So how did 19-year-old Bam handle giving the talk to to her younger Bamlet? My, my little, <laughs> my little Bamlet. Um, <laughs> I actually just threw a box of condoms at him. And oh. I pretty much told him, like, dude, make sure that, you know, you're using this while you have sex. And then I asked him if he knew how to put one on and he said no and I said well let me go grab a cucumber and he's like what and I'm like listen if you do it wrong you're gonna get somebody pregnant and then they're gonna die okay I oh use, my gosh I use the mean girls oh, method on okay. so you, like fear based yes <laughs> sex talk because I I did not want my little brother to get somebody pregnant but also I knew he was such a responsible kid mm-hmm. where it wouldn't happen and I knew that he knew better like he's not gonna get somebody pregnant and then they're gonna die like that's not how that works <laughs> and how old is your brother let's see I when you were 19 he um, was... he's four years younger than me so he was 15 yeah okay I feel like that's a little a little you're, you're getting on the verge of being a little late for that at this point but at the same time but... he was he was a little bit more, I mean, he was always the tallest kid in his class because we were always tall people, but mm-hmm. he was not as mature as others. Okay. And I see that. he also didn't show any type of interest mm-hmm. in being with somebody until around then. Okay. So I was kind of waiting for him to just show interest in a sex. <laughs> Either, you know, yeah. whatever. In a person. Yeah. Because <laughs> I knew who I was and him and I were just so similar 
I had a feeling that he was also bisexual like me. Yeah. Or completely gay. I was, you know, I was like, I don't know what he's going to do. And I would like him to just come to me with it. Mm-hmm. I don't want to push an agenda on him. Right. And he did later in life come to me with everything. And I'm happy. I, I would like to say that for me, what I experienced with my the talk <laughs> um, that I would like all of our listeners to hear is I grew up in a house where if you can't talk to somebody in that house, there is always somebody you can talk to. And I would like to be that person that you guys can talk to. If you have questions, if you have comments or concerns, like I wholeheartedly would like to be your, you know, your sibling outlet. Cause I was lucky enough to have my siblings. Yeah. I could talk to them about anything. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have anybody, like if you have questions about the talk, that's what we're here for. You Absolutely. Know? Like we were fortunate to have the moms that we had. Yeah. Like, holy shit. <laughs> we were so lucky. Because our moms are so chill and so understanding. And, and so open. And so loving. Like, yeah. all of those. Yeah. I have never felt so much love in my life than from my mom. And shit, your mom, too. Like, mm-hmm. your mom welcomes people with open arms like she, crazy. She's literally like like the mother goose. Yeah. Like, any, any type of, you know, stray child comes along, whether, you know, it's a child of, like, five or fucking fifty, she brushes them under her wing and, and I remember and my makes mom, you a sandwich. Yeah, I remember my mom <laughs> being like that when I was younger, like my sister was in sports, mm-hmm. and half of the fucking wrestling team would sleep over, and uh, we would we didn't have much, but she would throw together some ramen noodles, Heck we yeah. would have popcorn, we would all watch movies, like, mm-hmm. my mom was always the harbor house for any unwanted kid. We were, in all aspects... The Island of Misfit Kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, having the talk with people is... I think it was easy for my mom just to tell me, like, hey, I know you know what it is. Because she also had mentioned that it was easy for her because we had sex ed. Yeah. Schools don't do that anymore. Mm. So that's, like, <laughs> that's terrifying to know that schools aren't helping parents out who don't know uh. how to bring it up to their kid. Or what stages to bring them, like, bring mm-hmm. it up to their kids. Right. Well, I mean, as far as that goes, uh, I did do a little Googling. <laughs> I I, uh, I channeled my, my inner hovercraft mom, and I Googled. And all of the sites that I was looking at, they actually um, kind of are trying to get away from doing, like, the talk, where it's just, like, one conversation that's, like, lengthy as hell, like, a semester long. Yeah. <laughs> um... And kind of breaking it up as your child develops. So making sure just that, you know, instead of it being this big nerve-wracking thing, just as your child is developing, as your child is becoming more curious about their parts, about their friends' parts, their siblings' parts, that you are just open and honest with them on, you know, what, what you know, that is a penis, that is a vagina, mm-hmm. you know, um... This is this is what they're for. They're for have you know they're for making babies and you know it does it does feel nice when you touch them there, but you don't do it in public mm-hmm. and you know all of that things like it, at an early age and and then also um, making sure that you talk to them about their own personal space and their own personal boundaries. Yes, and um, making sure that they 
are comfortable with letting other people know when they're uncomfortable. Yes. That's like the number one thing. Like with so much that's going on out there these days with, you know, pedophiles and things like that, you'll, I feel like you kind of, you have to have that communication with your child. Yeah. Just thinking about personal experiences, you know, I feel like everyone that we know has, has had some sort of past where, yeah. you know, maybe, you know, Uncle Uncle Rick didn't touch you somewhere that you weren't sure was okay. Yeah. But you just, you know, let it slide. You brushed it off because that's your uncle. And right. Back in the day, it was one of those things where your family can't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. Yeah. That's now, not the case. No. <laughs> nowadays, be just very adamant that your child is open with you about how they feel and about how they feel about people coming into their space and let them know that, look, this is your body. This is not Uncle Rick's body. This is not, you know, your father's body. This is not my body. Mm-hmm. It's your body. If you don't want people hugging you, kissing you, touching you, that is okay. Yeah. If you feel uncomfortable with it, that is okay. And at, and it's absolutely okay for you to come and talk to me about it. Or and if you don't feel, you into it. yeah, and if you don't feel comfortable talking to me about it, go and talk to someone else about it. Go and tell your older brother. You know, go and tell, you know, tell someone. Yeah. That's going to, you know, help you through it because the more you talk about it, then the more you get an idea for what's really going on. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely, they shouldn't feel obligated to let it happen. It's, it's your body and your, it's absolutely okay for you to say, no, this makes me uncomfortable. Yes. That is an appropriate response. And I I feel like if a lot of us had had that talk back then, we'd all be living completely different lives. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I would, I could agree with that. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's also, it's definitely one of those things where also like telling your kid, like, it's okay to say no. You should also show your kid that, like, mm-hmm. if you and your husband are upset with each other and, like, for example, the, like, the person I'm in a relationship with, um, they'll, every once in a while, they'll say, can I get a kiss? If I'm mad at them, I'll be like, no. <laughs> like, and that is an acceptable and, response. And I'm like, no, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> but, uh, every once in a while, I'll be like, yeah, absolutely, like. The idea of something so small, as in, like, can I get a kiss, mm-hmm. is, even though we're, like, we're in a sexual relationship, it's it's still consent. It's not a given. Yeah. It's not a, well, I'm just expecting one, and they'll give it to me. No, and I'm happy that I'm in some type of relationship like that, because if I were to have kids, I would like them to see me giving that consent, because then when I tell my kids... No, it's you say no, that's okay. Because then when I say no, they see me saying no and that being okay. So make sure that you're telling your kids these things, but also demonstrating this to these Mm -hmm. kids. Because you don't want to be like, you can say no to people, but then if somebody like is like, oh, let me get a hug, and you're like, no. And then they still come in for the hug and you still give it to them. It's sending a mixed signal to these kids. Like, she said no, but she still gave it, so... I guess I have to, too. That is true. So. Right. Well, it's also, like, um, whenever I'm around nieces or nephews, kids that 
you know, younger age, things like that, I've, I've made it a habit to, if I want a hug, I'll ask for one. Instead of just going in or, you know, trying to just pull them in. And because I've seen a lot of that happen too, where no one says anything, they just go in and like attack the child. Yeah, <laughs> grab them up. Attack tight, the like, child isn't hugging okay, the child. No, don't, don't hit him over the head with a chair. It's not possible. <laughs> me. Oh my god, no. But <laughs> but no, but really, um, but basically, it's just asking for their permission to invade their personal space. Yeah. And being okay, and, and I'm absolutely okay if they're like, no, no, thank you, or no, not right now. Um, that's an appropriate response or even more so like, I'm just not in the mood right now or, you know, even just a simple, no, thank you. Just no, thank you. I'm good. (laughs) Honestly, with one of my nephews, he was so uncomfortable with giving people hugs that I was like, okay, well, can I get a high five instead? Yeah. Letting you know that I will accept no hug. I'm offering you an exchange. How about a high five? Sure. And he was totally okay with giving high fives and it took months of me just going all right buddy bye i'll see you later high five and he was like high five and away and now that he lives in a different state and he's here for the summer he actually came up to me arms wide open just for a big hug and i was so grateful for that because that showed him like i'm okay with doing whatever you are comfortable with Mm -hmm. and he's now okay with giving me a hug yeah but now he's still it's kind of funny because he's still uncomfortable with giving other people hugs, mm-hmm. but that's because they try to force hugs on him. Yeah. And I was 100% like, that's cool. How about high fives? Yeah. So I'll high five all the kids instead of giving them hugs and they're cool with it. They mm-hmm. like it. They like the idea of having to do, they don't have to hug me. They can high five me though. Mm-hmm. And I honestly think that us as adults, it's also our responsibility to talk to other adults about, you know, Forcing certain gestures on kids. Yeah. You know what? Like, it, it's as simple as going, hey, look, you know, little Jimmy is a little shy. He may not want to give you a hug, and I need you to respect that. Yeah. And it's... It's not... It's nothing against you. It mean, He means no disrespect. He's just not into it. He doesn't... He, you know... He enjoys and, his personal space. Yep. And I, I feel like, um, because back when we were kids, it was... It was kind of perceived as rude, yeah. as disrespectful, like, uh, if you refuse to, to your give family, someone give yeah. Them hugs. Yeah, give them hugs, give them kisses, hugs and kisses. whatever. And I, I can't, I, I can't count how many times I've had my fucking cheeks pinched, and I hated it, I hated it so much, it not only made me uncomfortable, but it hurt, and it made me cry, and people still did it, and I really wish that they wouldn't. <laughs> I always was smothered in the jelly rolls of the family that I wished no longer to talk to. And that was traumatic. Thinking I was never going to be able to breathe air again while they hugged me uncontrollably. I. Little Bam just. Oh. I am that. Belly folds. I am that aunt right now. I have to, like, be super careful about hugging my nephew because he is right at boob height. (laughs) You're going to smother him. He's so tall. And he's. So I have to, like. Give him, like, the big, like, room the for big Jesus arm, yeah. hug. <laughs> Gotta make room for Jesus so that I'm not smushing his face all up in my cleavage. Yeah. Because, like, anybody else that I hug, I, I, I bring a closeness to mm-hmm. them. And I have no problem shoving, like, my my best friend's face into my boobs. Like, whatever. Yeah. But, you know, with a child, it's a little you different. Don't <laughs> you don't want to stuff a poor child. Yeah. <laughs> See, I always do the one-arm hug. 
Yeah. As a, like, that's a good one. I'm allowing you to accept a hug if you would like, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to force you into a, a smaller enclosed space. Yeah. Like, you are already uncomfortable with giving a hug. You're doing it because you feel a little bit more comfortable, and also you know that I like hugs. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to force you into a small space. <laughs> yeah. So one arm. Love you guys. Okay, bye. So this is um, Bam and Bean's um, hug talk. Today. <laughs> hug talk with Bam and Bean. Hug talk with Bam and Beans. And the talk. <laughs> <laughs> the hug talk. I'm going to have to go back and see just how many minutes we spent ranting about hugs because I feel like that may be a record. I want to say that it's also tied in with personal connections yes. and personal space. Yes, and consent. Consent is key. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Remember to do your arpeginos. Arpeginos. <laughs> Once a day. <laughs> I think I'm going to teach my niece that, actually. Absolutely. The arpeginos. Oh, man. I'm definitely going to sit my niece down and be like, hey, I just want to remind you of something. She'll be like, yeah. I'll be like, remember when I said if you don't like somebody talking to you or listening or, like, being around you and you feel really uncomfortable? And she'll be like, yeah, because unfortunately you bring it up all the time. (laughs) I'm like, you bring this up at least twice every time I see you. She's a really pretty little girl, and I just don't want her... Being taken advantage of. Yes. And same thing with my cousin, She is a very pretty little girl. Oh, I love her. And I don't feel comfortable with the idea of her being uncomfortable. So I always want to make sure that they know I will kick somebody's Mm -hmm. fucking teeth in. Yeah. If they look at them sideways. Yeah. Because sometimes I can be a little protective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Dude, I can tell you, I am the same way with my nephew. Um, There was one time that I... Like, he and I drove to Pizza Hut to pick up a pizza that, yeah. that like, my mom, grandma and grandpa ordered. Mm-hmm. And on the way driving there, I was just talking to him about school and, like, his friends and stuff. And I asked him about about bullies. Like, I was like, is there anybody in your class that isn't treating you right or isn't treating your friends right? And he straight up told me that he's like, yeah, there's a guy in my class that um, likes to pick on my friend and... When he does, and I was like, and when he does that, what do you, what is your reaction? What do you do? And he goes, well, I stick up for him. And I say, hey, if you don't knock it off, I'm telling the teacher. And I said, that's a good response. That's absolutely a good response. Next time, kick him in the teeth. And yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> but you let me know if this little jerk face decides that he wants to mess with you because I'll come up there. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I remember having to have a I'll talk. bring my whole, I'll bring my whole chef knife kit. <laughs> you, she'll just bring me. <laughs> like, where is he? Right. I'm afraid of nothing. I brought the thunder and the lightning. <laughs> and then I also brought this gun. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding, kids. It's a Nerf gun. That <laughs> shoots piranhas. <laughs> Nerf piranhas. Yes. Foam. With real teeth. Piranha-shaped bullets. With real teeth. That's just not a compromise that I'm happy with. <laughs> but yeah, um, going back to the talk. The talk. When once the kids start to reach puberty is always a wonderful time for for females we we tend to um, menstruate around that time and and that's always fun. I was actually on a camping trip with my father when I got my first period and thank the Lord that uh, his friends were there. 
um, because his friend's wife like helped me out <laughs> because I was just like, oh my god, what's actually happening? Why is it happening I didn't now? Think this would happen Why to am me? I so sad? Why does it hurt so much? <laughs> and uh, she she showed me what to do, you know, what products to use, and and then she went out and bought me a big old bar of chocolate. <laughs> I was like, I just want to stay by her house tonight. Is that okay, Dad? <laughs> I remember when I first got my period. Yeah. I was with my sister at her work. And I would remember just feeling like complete shit. Mm-hmm. And I was just sitting there. And she's like, what's wrong with you? And I was like, I don't even know, man. Like, I'm hungry, but we just ate. And I'm crabby, but I got a full eight hours of sleep I'm like I feel like I want to be productive but I also just want to die and she's like oh okay you should go to the bathroom and I was like what the fuck I was like I just totally want to die and she's like fuck you go to the bathroom I went to the yes I went to the bathroom and then I was like what the fuck I was just so upset and then she's like yeah I knew it she's like so this is going to happen for the rest of your life and I was like what no. She was like, I'm just kidding. But you're going to hit menopause, but you have so much time in between. And I was like, why? And then she was like, the only time this doesn't happen is when you have kids. And I was like, so I have to be pregnant in order for this to never happen again? And she's like, yeah. But, I mean, let's be honest here. You're a child, so don't have a kid. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just want to be pregnant now. Oh, God. <laughs> like, it was terrible. And then recently, like... After that, then all of a sudden, my mom put me on birth control, and then, then I had Yay. sex. Like, oh, yeah. Oh, I was a little bit of a, I was like 14, 13, 14. Oh, yeah. I, I was, was like average, average I was, age. Um, I was 13. No, I think I was still 12. Either way, I think we had decided that if I hadn't gotten it by, like, 8th grade, yeah, like, by the end of 8th grade, then we were going to take me to a doctor and I ended up getting it like at the beginning of eighth grade. So whatever age I was at that point, whatever, all this period talk and about boys, boys, when they go through puberty, um, they get, uh, nocturnal emissions. Yeah. Um, which I mean, those are night boners. (laughs) uh, Well, you know, wet dreams. Yeah. And it's important that whether you're dealing with, uh, wet dreams or menstruation that you are just um, extremely mature about it. Yeah. And you, you know, remind them that this is a part of growing up, that this is, you know, something that naturally happens. This is and nothing it's okay. that you are doing wrong. It is yeah. going to be okay. Yeah. You are there for them to be there and help them through this. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some time to get used to, but you will get used to it. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural thing. It, go- it happens to everybody. And then, you know, uh, I, th- I honestly think that maybe around that time, it's probably a good time to even do the whole safe sex talk. Yeah. Because at that point, she she is able to birth a child. Have you had your first blood? <laughs> <laughs> and um, so it's. I don't, I don't feel like that would be too early to just go, hey, look, I know that these are things that you may or may not want now, but you will want in the future, and I just want to make sure that you are being safe and that 
you are doing everything that you need to in order to give yourself peace of mind. Please be okay with coming to me and talking to me about it. It may seem embarrassing. It may seem gross, but I'm not going to judge you in any way. And I would like to know so that I can help you Yeah. in any situation, any way possible. You know, if something happens and you weren't safe and you do end up pregnant or you do end up with an STD, I want to be able to help you. Yeah. But I also want to be able to help you before that happens. Yeah. So let me know. We can get you condoms. We can get you on birth control. Yes, A and B. Both A and B. Yeah. <laughs> I think one thing that's actually really funny is that uh, when I lived with my mom, when, like, all of us lived with my mom, we had what we called our family meeting, and we could actually put, like, a note on my mom's door the day of if we wanted a five-minute talk session before the family meeting, if there was oh. something that we wanted to talk about before we talked with the family. And it, it could be something so simple as, I wanted to talk about this in the meeting because this person is making me sad, or I'm running out of condoms that I would like you to go get me more, or oh, wow. um, I need these tampons because these ones aren't working for me. But I would want to say that in front of my little brother or my older brother. Right. So I would always have that kind of conversation with my mom. You know, like, hey, um, these con- they're, like these aren't working for me. Could we get different tampons or different mm-hmm. pads? And that was always a really nice thing is that I had that one-on-one with her, something that to clear the air. And also, she was able to talk to me about something really quick, like, hey, is the birth control working? Is the birth control that we put you on, is that going well? Mm-hmm. You know, is your antidepressant meds doing okay? Like, how are you feeling on these? And it was a nice, like, quick five-minute talk, but it got a lot out that we wouldn't think of beforehand. Oh, that's cool. So if you have family meetings, that's also a great thing to tell your kids. Like, if you if you want to talk to just mommy or just daddy five minutes before we have our family, or even, like, family board game day, mm-hmm. like, that's a nice way to, like, yeah. get stuff out, too. And that's a good way for your kids to feel comfortable just talking to you. Being able to just be like, oh, five minutes beforehand, if you want to talk to me about anything really important, you know, uh, we'll make it 10 minutes if it really is, if it's really, really important, you know, or if you want to talk all fucking night, we don't care. Like you and I can go out and do something then, but just let your kids know, like, Hey, even if you feel like you can't, or if you're afraid to talk to me, let's, let's make a fucking day to talk because then you have time to think about what you want to say. Yeah. And then that gives your kid the opportunity to think about how they want to approach it, how they want to talk about it. And then it, they won't be so nervous. Because mm-hmm. that's them making that attempt. Right. Instead of you pushing this idea down their throat. Right. That's a really good point. Did your family have meetings? No. Oh. Not really. Well, well we were psychos, so. Well, I think, no, 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 no. I think that, that that's extremely healthy. I feel like a lot of the um, family time that we spent together was just kind of fleeting. Just because, you know, mom was working a lot. Mm-hmm. And... Um, after, after working, she then, you know, made dinner and then after dinner, it was like, you know, she just needed her time to unwind and things like that. Um, we, we had a tradition where every Friday she would take my brother and I to like Ponderosa (laughs) or something. And after that, we would go to Blockbuster (laughs) and we would get to rent two movies and, um, whether or not we would watch all of these movies together, but my brother and I all, always got to pick out two movies. Yeah. And um, mine was always Clue. <laughs> Clue in like a Speed Racer video. Oh, yeah. 
because you're super cool. <laughs> I was such a dork. No, but it was just, that was what we did together. We didn't really have, like, family board game nights. We really didn't have family talks unless something was wrong, Yeah. kind of. Like, you know, um, I, I can't really think of a time that we've just ever, like, sat down and talked as a family and maybe at the dinner table that was you know what that was probably where we had the most of our talks was when we were at the dinner table yeah um and it wasn't it was always you know how was your day this and that blah blah blah. but i'm sure we we touched on other topics as well dude our whole family is fucking insane so yeah. i have depression my mom had depression um well mine was manic depression uh, my sister was being treated for depression for a little bit but then she was like no, I don't need these meds to be a person. I got this. Um, my because brother, she's a fucking badass. Yeah, I know. I can't fucking put my shoes on in the morning without crying. And she's just like, well, saved 27 people's lives last night. No big deal. I'm like, <clears throat> fuck you. Um, uh, like the my, golden child. Yeah, I know. That's why I'm okay with being silver, though. <laughs> I don't have to save anybody. <laughs> Jokes on you, bitch. <laughs> but no, my family was a really, really big into talking. And that's probably really good. Being that, you know, a lot of you had suffered with depression and, um, you know, things of that nature that you guys talked. It was probably more important that you talked yeah. as much as you did. And that was really great on your mom to implement that. It was nice to be able to sit down as a family and just talk. Um, sometimes the talks would get, like, really mean. Like, my brother and I, like, older brother and I would just, we would go at it sometimes. And my mom's like, y'all better figure it out because we're playing games in five minutes and you're sitting down here and you're going to play a fucking board game. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. And we would we would figure it out. And honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for that. And any parents out there who think that their kids are really getting sick of them having family meetings or family talks or board game night, like, your kids are going to be so fucking thankful they don't even know yet. Yeah. And, and that's the thing is they may not seem like it now they may not seem as engaged now but they'll thank you for it in the long run yeah like i wish that tomorrow my mom and i my little brother my sister my older brother could all sit down and play a fucking board game yeah like i wish that is what i could do tomorrow but oh man we gotta schedule a board game night yeah like honestly like that's it drop what you're doing call your family schedule board game night you do you have to do it do it do it now. Just remember that your kids are going to fondly remember every little thing you did for them. My mom went above and beyond making sure that I was safe with sex, that I was being prepared, that no matter what, I had somebody to talk to. And having those family nights made me be able to talk to my siblings yeah. if I couldn't talk to her. All right. Well, I feel like we got... I think we covered everything with the talk. A lot of good things with the talk. Okay, so pretend that I am your little bandlet. Okay. Mommy? What? What's a penis? Um, that is the opposite of a vagina. What's a vagina? It's the thing you have. (laughs) Where do I have it? It's in between your legs. You know, your pretty little flower panties. That is where your vagina stays. Oh, where I pee pee from? We will get into that when you are much older. <laughs> because that is atomically incorrect. <laughs> where you pee from is called your urethra. Underneath that is your vagina. Yes. They are close. They are neighbors. 
but they are not the same thing. Mommy, does a penis look like a vagina? Nope, it is way scarier. Mommy, do I have a penis? <laughs> you do not have a penis. Who has penises? Your dad has a penis. Oh. Think of it as a snake in the grass. Mommy, where's daddy? <laughs> Probably dead right now. <laughs> <laughs> dead because I just realized that it's 9.30 and he's not home for the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, now pretend I'm your little bean stew. Oh, hi, baby. Did you need to talk about something? Uh, yeah. Somebody flashed this weird snake-looking worm thing in between their legs, and I don't know what to do about it. Like, I was kind of happy, but then I'm now I'm mad. Was it, was it little Mikey? Yeah. Okay, so, I hear he's been doing this to all the girls. That is not acceptable. So I'm not special? That is, you are very special, baby. But no, that he showed you his penis, and that is, um, that is his private part that he should be keeping private. If he does that again, you need to tell the teacher, because that is unacceptable behavior. You did not ask to see his penis. Please don't ask to see his penis either, because well, that was gonna be my next question. <laughs> <laughs> when is it acceptable for me to say, "Let me show, let me see your penis"? <laughs> When you're married. Well, I don't want to do that. <laughs> I guess I think I think the point that we're trying to get is it doesn't matter um, how you approach the talk. Yeah. You're. It's not always going to be perfect. You, you don't know what the fuck your kids are going to ask. And it's okay. It's absolutely okay that it's not perfect. You're going to do great. It's definitely just parenthood. Yeah. There's there's no hacks to it, guys. You can Google hacks all you want. There's no <laughs> fucking hack. You will never be able to get it perfect. And you know what? That's how that's how people are made. Yeah. It's okay to not be perfect. Absolutely. But you'll oh. figure it out. Anyways, um, I hope you enjoyed our little talk. Our little hug talk. As much as I enjoyed the talk. <laughs> And um, once again, you can hit us up on Twitter. You can write to us on Gmail your questions, your comments, your concerns at bamandbeans at gmail.com. One thing that I'm going to ask all of our listeners, if you are a single father, let us know how you deal with the talk with your kids. Yeah. Or if you're um, same-sex partners, how would you deal with the talk with your kids? Definitely. Those are things that I wanted to know. Because our experiences are completely skewed. It's, yeah, it's we have single moms. <laughs> we, we got the same talk from yeah. two different parents. Yeah, it, it was literally the same yeah, talk. Yeah, it's the same talk. But anyways, um, she's Deans. And she's Bam. And thanks for listening, guys. Okay, bye. Bye. I've been working on the podcast. God, I hope it's good. <laughs>